0: wonderful listeners welcome to episode three of the breakdown sports nba podcast we appreciate you joining us for a wonderful conversation on all things nba as always i am your host andrew Jakubitz, and i am happily joined by alex and steven alex how are you tonight
1: pretty good pretty good i got my fill of football in today with the conference championships And now I'm ready to talk some NBA.
2: Steven, how are things in your neck of the woods? Yeah, you know, we're pretty much the same. It's been a lot of football today, but it's time to switch it up get back into that NBA news. Yep,
0: we are recording this as the Kansas City Chiefs and Patriots game is finishing up. So that'll be interesting how that turns out. Uh, Before we go any farther, time to plug a couple things. Check out the website. I imagine if you're listening to this, you've checked it out. But check it out again. Check it out every day for new content being pushed out. It is www.thebrkdwnsports.com. Follow us on Twitter at thebrkdwnsports. We push out a lot of good content, put some good videos, some funny tweets, a little bit of everything on there. Uh, new articles this week for NBA. If you did not see, I put one out about Luka Doncic and Dirk Nowitzki playing together in Dallas. It is entitled, Can Lightning Strike Twice? And that is a question for you to answer as the reader, uh, and it's your own opinion. Uh, Patriots, were underdogs today for the first time in a long time in an AFC Championship, the 13th Tom has played in. And if you're a gambling person... You saw that and probably hammered it because you were getting three points. But here at the breakdown, we're gonna help you out with this betting. My bookie, we are a partner with them, and it's time for you to get on there. We're gonna do a little something for you. Uh we're gonna give you an offer, 50% bonus when you deposit a minimum of a hundred dollars using code BRKDWN. So go in there, sign up. Your first deposit, you're going to get a 50% bonus on a minimum of $100. So if you just deposit that minimum, that's a 50 extra dollars for you to throw on whatever game you want, any prop bet you want. Shoot, make like a 12-team parlay with that free house money and try to walk away a rich person. So go on to mybookie.ag, check it out, sign up for it, use code BRKDWN. All right, guys, let's start talking some NBA. First topic. It's coming up. It's going to be in Charlotte, and that's the NBA All Star Game. Uh, we put together our personal lineups so far, uh, and we're going to start with Stephen. Stephen, let's hear your lineup. I believe we're starting with the Eastern Conference here.
2: In the East, I got Kyrie Irving and Kemba Walker as your two starting guards, and then I got Giannis, Kawhi, and uh, Joel Embiid in the front court for your all-star starters. That is all assuming that Embiid's going to be healthy enough to start the all-star game, but I'm assuming he will be, which is why I got him as a starting center, even though he's still called a front-court player. And uh, to go to the West, again, it doesn't seem like there should be too much debate here. You got Steph Curry, James Harden as two guards with LeBron, if he's healthy, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis all running the front court there might be some cases to make for some other guys but these really seem like the 10 guys that should be starting the all-star game this year
0: all right uh i don't think there's a lot of controversy in those takes but we'll throw it over to alex to see what he's got and what's different
1: yeah so i uh have a little bit of a different lineup mostly in the front court um, guards are the same so in the east i have irving and walker that's obvious leonard Giannis talks to and then I have actually Brook Lopez as my fifth starter instead of Embiid. Yeah, shout out to Brook Lopez. He's shout been out. balling. Embiid's been hurt. Put the man in. So, also in the West, I was the same in the backcourt with Curry and Harden and LeBron. But my to round off my front court, I have the Joker. Nikolai Jokic and Anthony Davis instead of Kevin Durant. I think he'll be a coach's uh, add in. He's not going to miss all three, but I don't think he'll be a starter this time around, just because how well Jokic is playing. And I think he should be recognized for it.
0: Okay. I I was, I think mine was closer to Alex's. So uh, in the East I had Kyrie and uh, Victor Oladipo. So that was different. I didn't have Kemba in mine. I think Oladipo is just leading to the Pacers. I think he should get some recognition for that too. Um, but now thinking about it, Kemba has an argument. And then I had Giannis, Kawhi, and Joel. I think that's pretty cut and dry uh, there for that. I love the Lopez addition, but I think he'll be in the all-star game on uh, the three-point contest, so we'll see about that. Uh, Western Conference, I had Steph Curry, Harden, uh, and then I had Paul George, because I think he's doing a lot on that Oklahoma City Thunder team. And then I had LeBron, and I also had uh Jokic as well. I think that Denver is just playing too well and he is leading that team and he is just doing some crazy things out there that he deserves it. Um do we have a topic for potential snubs. So is there anybody that you guys saw potentially might not make it every year there's a couple uh and we'll go same order. Steven, who if you had any, who were they?
2: First snubs in the East, I got Maybe Blake Griffin. He's been having a good year, but he's going to be like right on the edge of does he get in? Do they keep him out? Because he's been having a pretty good season, but the Pistons haven't. As like a starter snub, it could be Oladipo because there's a really good case for him to be a starter. I just don't know if they give him the starter nod. So even though he'll make it, I just don't think he'll make it as a starter, which could be kind of like a different kind of snub, but still a snub. And then in the West, there's so many good guards. There's obviously going to be some snubs. I think the snubs are probably going to be uh, DeMar DeRozan and Damian Lillard in the backcourt. Actually, yeah, that was pretty much it in the West. I mean, I think all the really good frontcourt guys are pretty much going to be able to get in.
1: All right, Alex, go to you. Yeah, so uh, I think Steven was right on the money with most of his snubs. I think a possible snub that we're not thinking about might be Clay Thompson. He has been playing well, but he ha- maybe he hasn't been playing well enough to make it into the All-Star game. Other than that, in the East, I love that Blake Griffin snub. I think he has been playing really well, but Detroit has been playing bad overall, so I could see him getting snubbed as well. Um, that's about it for me. Throw it back to you, Andrew.
0: Oh, thanks. Appreciate it.
1: Um, I... Uh... I really
0: actually liked that Blake Griffin mentioned as well. I didn't cross my mind when I first started thinking about this. So that was, I liked that. Um, another couple in the East I have are Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton. Uh, I'm, you know, a little bit biased because I watch them every game. Uh, Bledsoe especially has been doing so much on both ends of the floor, but probably won't get recognized because all anybody who isn't in Milwaukee are a huge Bucks fan is thinks about Giannis and obviously he'll be an all-star starter, but I think those two are guys that can get snubbed uh, in the West. I think a guy like CJ McCollum, I think that's a potential snub just because there's a lot going on. I mean, D Rose right now is going to make it apparently in, in fan voting. So I don't know how much we discussed how, how well deserved that is in, in a previous episode, but uh, it'll be interesting. So, I mean, I think all-star games are pretty cut and dry. I don't think there's a lot of surprises usually when these come around. Otherwise, I think that pretty good, uh, picks that we had uh, and nothing crazily you know no, no crazy hot takes I don't think. Anything else you guys want to
1: mention on this topic here before we move on? I just want to mention that Derrick Rose if the fans vote him in, put him in. I know it's a little controversial. I said it before in the very first episode. Check, out, check it out if you haven't listened. But yeah, if the fans vote Derrick Rose in, go ahead and put him in the game. It's because it's what the fans want and this is what that's what the game is about, it's for the fans.
2: I think we got it all wrapped up pretty nicely here.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I look forward to the All Star games. As
1: long as Fergie's not singing the national anthem,
0: I'm happy. uh It's just always a little bit entertaining, and I'm looking for some massive dunks from Giannis. Uh, so let's move on to topic two here. We got tank wars. um So it's kind of middle season. Y- you know who's tanking, you know who's not. Uh, so we'll start, uh, this is a, a kind of a broad topic here. So we'll just go through the, the questions we're going to discuss and then, uh, we'll jump right in. So we're going to go through like who's doing the best job of tanking. We'll give our couple, uh, uh, top ones. Is it really worth it? You know, are, is the draft deep enough? Uh, are you really going to get a lot out of it? And, um, you know, under that, who's, uh, the best, doing the best of job of tanking? We'll give our, our top three bottom teams. So, uh, we'll start with Alex this time. Uh, You know, throw us your top three bottom teams, uh, why you think that, and then is it worth it to tank this year?
1: So um, I think the bottom three teams are obviously in the East. It's Cleveland, Chicago, and Atlanta. Um, I know Atlanta has a little bit of a better record, um, and I think they might be like 13th, right? uh, Not 13th, maybe like 11th right now or something like that. But they will fall back down to the bottom, I think, They'll just regress back to the the mean. Who's doing the best out of those three teams is definitely Cleveland. They are awful. It's a dumpster fire there once again, and I kind of like it that way. I, I don't like when Cleveland sports are good. Um, honorable mention definitely goes to Chicago, and I do think it is worth tanking this year because if you get to the bottom three and you're basically going to get one of those three picks, and I think there's – some good worth, some good value there in those three picks, whether you're one, two, or three. So I, th- I think it's definitely worth it this year to go ahead and tank to try to get the best player to set your franchise up. Good thoughts,
0: good thoughts. I'll uh, I'll have some thoughts on that uh, when it's my turn. We'll go to Steven here, though, next.
2: All right, so my bottom three teams, I got the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Suns. I mean, it's pretty clear. At least Atlanta already has young, good players who are proven to be good. Like John Collins is a good player. Uh, Kevin Herter, good shooter. Trey Young looks like he's going to be a good player. I don't really see how they're like really tanking because they're starting to play a lot better. They almost beat the Celtics last night, so I can't really put them in the bottom three right now. Um, Who's doing the best job of tanking? I think it's the Bulls because just because they are terrible um, as a Bulls fan, I'm open to admit that we're just the worst right now, but they've been able, like they've gone through and they've played all their young players. So they see what they have for the future and who they can trade away to get more picks, who they want to keep and build around. So I don't really trust Garpacks, the owners of the bulls a hundred percent, but I want to believe that they can find a way to try to make this work. And I like the. I think the Suns are also doing a really good job of tanking for pretty much the same reason. Like they're giving Eaton and Bridges like solid minutes, solid chances. It's just tough that they don't have a point guard, which is probably a good reason for them to tank right now, because that's a huge hole. So even though they might not be trying to tank per se, they're just not good enough to win games in the West, and it has to be worth it to tank in this draft because there's just so many good players at the top that even if you're one of the three worst teams and you get a really bad draw and happen to fall to, like, fifth, you're still getting somebody that should be, like, a really good player. Like any of the three players from Duke, so Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, or I don't know if you've seen this recently, but everybody's really starting to like this kid, uh, John Morant from Murray State. He's just... He's, I don't even, I don't think he's as good of an athlete as Zion, but he's up there just with everything he can do on offense. And he's the first guy in, I don't know how long to average 20 and 10 in college with 20 points, 10 assists per game. Plus you still got other people who are like really talented coming out of high school. And they've just gotten stuck in some weird spots right now with like Nasir Little at North Carolina. He's playing well, it's just... The system might not fit them the best. You got Romeo Langford, who's one of the best rebounding guards in the Big Ten. And he's probably just their best player as a freshman right now. But it doesn't really matter where they fall in the top ten. Just by them tanking, they're going to get somebody who's going to be good for them in the future. It's definitely just Chicago, Cleveland, Phoenix. They're clearly the worst.
0: So... Uh, my bottom three teams in the league, uh, I had, so I actually didn't include Atlanta. I said the number one, uh, is the Bulls, Cavs, and then I actually took the Suns. Uh, I think the best job of tanking, uh, are the Bulls, not necessarily the Cavs. I think the Cavs are set up to at least transition into something. They've been hounding draft picks, taking on a lot of shitty contracts to do that. So I think they're building out at least, uh, a way to get better in the future, the Bulls are literally doing everything to stay a garbage fire. I saw today D- Dwayne Wade switched his jersey with Bernie, the Bull. He did a jersey swap with the freaking mascot. That's how bad that team is. He didn't want to switch his jerseys with anybody else. I, I And they gave Jim Boylan another year like, and paid him more, and he's not doing well, and the front office doesn't have a direction. Uh, I included the Suns in there just because they've been bad for so long. And I don't even know if you consider it tanking. I think it's just a bad team now. Oh, and I think it's always worth tanking, right? That's the whole point of being in the bottom half. If you're not going to make the playoffs, you don't have a chance to really make some noise. You might as well try to build assets and get better in the future, uh, no matter what the draft is, because you might get lucky. You might hit on somebody uh, that you didn't really expect, uh, like, kind of like Brogdon picked up in the second round, rookie of the year and stuff like that. So. And those are mine. I don't agree. The Cavs are the worst. They have Matthew Dellavedova, Alex, so that obviously makes them a better team than a lot of
1: teams. I don't know what the world obsession with this man is, but I'll just let you guys live because I don't think i i just I am just gonna let it go.
0: I think it's his accent, man. It does it doesn't do anything for you. His deep voice, his his grittiness, uh, his just ability to make plays out of nothing, and he has the ugliest jump shot in the world. Come on, yeah, no, I'm not. Not doing it for me.
1: <laughs> no, dang. All right. You know he has a signature shoe though, so he's got that going for him. It is, it's not that hard to get a signature shoe if you, you know, go to some garbage company and ask for one.
0: Any listener out there who is thinking about getting Alex a Christmas present next year, give him a pair of Deli Ones, please, because that would be amazing.
1: <laughs> I will set them on fire. I promise you that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's pretty obvious. Uh I'm interested to see in really in how Chicago takes form. You know, I think Stephen you mentioned uh, a lot about, you know, how the Suns have some good players, Atlanta has some good players and, and even the Cavs are at least doing things to get better uh in the future, but the Bulls just don't seem to, to be doing that. So I'm interested to see how that ter- turns out. Uh Alex, anything else to add from
1: you on that one? Um just the just on the Morant um shout out I, I've been watching him. He's really great. Also, uh, fun fact, my high school basketball coach also went to Murray. So shout out to Coach Young. Didn't give me enough uh, PT, but, you know, it's whatever.
0: Well, when you suck, that's what happens, you know? Very true. I was like 5'6". <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, and Nate Robinson made it into the league. Anybody can. Come on. Let's be honest here.
1: I mean, he can jump out of the gym. I could touch rim in in high school
0: hey that's actually not bad i'm surprised five six touching rim out there it's it's good gotta hit that white room though man well uh okay so moving outside of alex's uh basketball skills let's talk (laughs) breakdown trade machine uh who we think uh needs to make a trade to stay in it if we have any big trade predictions heading uh about a month uh, less than a month from the trade deadline uh and player most likely to be traded. So I'll start this one off here, gentlemen. And I'm going to say a team that needs to make a trade. I discussed it last week. and I'm sticking to my guns here. It's the Celtics and they need to trade Kyrie. If they want to make a run this season, I think Kyrie is making that team worse for a lot of the reasons I explained last week, but I'll explain it again. I think that he uh, requires the ball too much where there are too many team, too many players on that team that are offensively talented. He, Plays a lot of hero ball and has proven that he can't take a team that he is running far in the playoffs. He didn't do it in Cleveland. He, you know, needed LeBron to come join him and Kevin Love. So I think that not only do you trade him, you can that you trade him for some defensive stoppers, some solid role players. You could probably get two or three in a deal with Kyrie because he is valued He is a high value player, and there are teams that would want him. And then you trade Kyrie because Gordon Hayward has a great relationship with Brad Stevens. And then Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have way too much upside and are too cheap to get rid of right now. Uh, I also feel like the Celtics just need to make something because we're halfway through the season. I still don't look at that team and think they've figured it out. Steven, you mentioned they almost lost to the Hawks last night, which would have been another uh, team just to add to the list of terrible losses. I mean, most recently they have lost to the magic, the nets and the heat. Um, The Suns, Pistons. So, I mean, there's teams on there that you think this team should run over when they come to town, and they don't. Uh, I don't have any big trade predictions. I think that Kyrie should be traded. I don't think he actually will be. Um, and I don't know if there's really, I haven't heard any rumors of anything really rumbling out there from a trade prediction perspective. Uh, but I do think the player most likely to be traded is Mark Helfoltz. I think that Jimmy Butler is going to ruin that kid if they don't trade him. Not only that, he's just probably too much work than the, uh, Sixers are, are likely to put in. And you could probably get some, some value out of him, send him to a team that would take care of him. I mean, maybe to like a San Antonio Spurs where they have like a full system that he can can hopefully thrive in. Uh, We'll go to Alex next. Uh, What are your thoughts on anything I said? And then uh, your trade machine predictions.
1: I, for one, think you're way too tough on Kyrie Irving. I think he's a solid guard that you would want on your team. He may be a little bit more ball dominant than you would like, but I think he proves that he can make things happen out of the usage that he gets. Um, I do think Boston should make a trade just to um, clear up some of that, that muck that they have in their, in their depth chart and set up, set themselves up with a clear core moving forward. I don't think they have a solid direction right now. I think Brad Stevens is just trying to make what he has work and that's fine. I mean, they're, I think they're still going to keep climbing in the East and be, um be, Be right there in the thick of it In May and June But um, In regards to teams that need to make a trade I believe Portland needs to get rid Of either Lillard or McCollum Because I think that Tandem does not work I know that they work really well together But as a basketball team In the Western Conference it just doesn't work So they need to find something different Shake it up Shed one of those contracts And see if they can make, um, make it work that way Another team that needs to make a trade is Charlotte because they're on the edge of that playoff contention, and um, they need to get rid of Nicholas Batum's contract. Um, he's dead weight right now, and I think he's a, tr- a player that's most likely to be traded. Um, you could take, you can send him to one of these tanking teams with a pick, get rid of that contract, and it gives you a little bit wiggle, a w- little bit more wiggle room moving forward, so that you can, you know, make a run either this year or next. Another player that I think might be traded is Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's a very um, favorable contract to teams that need a guy who can, you know, shoot and spot up for three. Uh, I think the Lakers would be better off without him. I think he just he just um, takes up space for some other players that could get some clock, and I I'd, I'd like to see him go.
0: All right. Uh One thing in defense is I'm not necessarily that. I don't know if I'm being that hard on Kyrie. I agree with everything you said, but I feel like the Celtics need to make a trade to get better. And I think that Kyrie is the obvious person to trade for the reasons that I said. So it's actually nothing against Kyrie. And we'll get into, um, you know, some of the drama going on around him in a little bit here in this show. Uh But I, that's my only defense to that Um But I agree with uh, a lot of what you were talking about as well, Alex. Uh, Steven, I'll throw the ball over
2: to you. All right, so I do have a couple things about what you said with the Celtics, Andrew. Because, one, in that game against Atlanta, to Boston's defense, they didn't have Gordon Hayward. His wife was having their third child. So shout out, Gordon Hayward. Congrats on the third kid. And we all understand. No days off, Gordon. We all understand why you couldn't be there. Last night, but your team still got a win for you anyway.
1: I mean, he didn't even want the yeah. kid. Um, um I don't. I don't, don't know. Like, All I ever heard
2: was "Daddy's always happy," so it sounds like it sounds like it was a good idea. To... Yes, I, I see saw his, his face. face. Um,
0: let's be honest. He was at home
2: streaming <laughs> Fortnite. Come on. So that plus their loss against the Nets. The Nets are playing really well right now. Okay. After the Nets beat the Celtics, they went right back and beat the Rockets. So I don't want to I don't want to talk too bad about the Nets right now. I'm not going to call that a really bad loss. Um but getting back to my trade predictions and all that. Uh I got two teams that need to make a trade and somehow I haven't heard any of them mentioned yet. The first one that needs to make a trade is Houston cuz right now they're still taking on some of Carmelo Anthony's money which they need to get rid of as soon as possible. It doesn't matter what you trade him for. Just anybody that will be willing to take him off of your team and off of your books for maybe an expiring contract or something, just do it. He just has to get out of there because all he's doing is hurting the team right now. And the other one is actually Memphis. They have a couple big contracts that I feel they should get rid of not because they're bad players or anything, but just because Memphis is also a team trying to decide if they should tank or if they want to try to make moves. I think they need to get rid of either. They have to get rid of either uh, Mike Conley, Marc Gasol, or both, because they're both on some longer contracts. They're both getting a lot of money, and they're pretty good assets to a contender that wants to – Maybe get an upgrade or some solid, just like some solid help at either the center or point guard positions. And they're good enough players where, where you'll still get back some good assets that could help them build back for the future instead of just staying in this like 12th, 13th spot in the West, but like not really tanking either. And uh, some bigger trade predictions. This one was there's was a little bit more traction with this one a couple of days ago, but Dennis Smith Jr. of the Mavericks, he's he just doesn't want to be there anymore now that Luca's there, because Dennis Smith Jr. he wants to be the primary ball handler, and with Luca there, he's not going to be able to like have that role, and he's just it feels like he's like done with the Mavericks. Like the Mavericks don't want to give up on him yet, but it seems like he's almost kind of checked out and it's just. Done with that franchise so I think the earlier they trade him the better because the longer another team's going to have him on his rookie deal the more value he has to you if he's traded now and the same thing with uh, Frank Tillichina of the Knicks there are some other teams that really want him and the Knicks they were just never sold on him so it, I think that's one that really works out for both sides Like Frank gets a chance to play and really show what he's worth, and the Knicks get a chance at getting uh, some new assets for somebody that they don't really have full confidence in. And Some places I see either of those guys going to is either going to be Phoenix or Orlando, because both of those teams have huge voids at the point guard position, and if they could get either of these point guards who are both still 20, 21 years old, that can be like staples of their team for the next, say, eight to 10 years. That could be a really good trade right now if they get them for the right price. And then another one that's kind of out there. I don't really think it's going to happen, but Anthony Davis, like the the Pelicans say they don't want to trade him because they want to see if they can resign him. But with what they've done, And the team that they have around him now, if Anthony Davis wants to win a championship, he's not going to stay in New Orleans. So if you want to get any value for him instead of losing him for nothing, like the Thunder had happened to them with both James Harden and Kevin Durant, you got to trade him before the trade deadline. And if a contending team really wants him bad enough, they'll give up the assets that New Orleans is looking for to trade for him now. I'm not sure who that team would be. Some people are saying the Lakers. I heard somebody float the idea of the Warriors, but that seems way too far-fetched for me. I don't really believe that. Um, and then players that I think will definitely be traded before the trade deadline is Jabari Parker. It's just not working in Chicago. The coach hates him. He's, it doesn't seem like he really likes playing there. Um, some places that I saw that he could be going is he could – somebody said maybe the Knicks because the Knicks have been trying to take on some, like, players who didn't really work out in a couple other places. Let's see if we can fix them here. And then I also heard the Pelicans um, because the Pelicans view Jabari as somebody who's not necessarily just a power forward but somebody that can slide down and play the three, which is uh, one of the positions – where the Pelicans haven't been getting as much production as they would want. So that could maybe be a possible landing spot. And then another player that I think will probably be gone before the trade deadline is uh, Ennis Cantor. The Knicks Knicks want to get rid of his $18 million contract, and uh, they know that there are other teams that value him for his interior mid-range scoring. And how well he's able to rebound. And uh, the Knicks are just trying to get some more expiring contracts that they won't be attached to for a long time. So if they could uh, get rid of Cantor and get somebody else that they won't have to pay beyond this year, I think that would be a trade that will work out well for both teams. But that's really what I'm seeing as of right now for the trade deadline. Good insights
0: there, Stephen. Uh, you made a lot of good points and flushed them up pretty well, actually. I don't have a lot to say against any of that. I will say I don't think Jabari Parker is going to go anywhere because nobody wants, uh, that contract, nor do they want him. So we'll see what, uh, if he does go anywhere, I'd be very surprised. Uh, I'm surprised the Bulls even took him to begin with. So. Uh, As we are recording this, I know this is on NBA, but the Patriots are moving on to another Super Bowl. So we got Rams, Patriots, Tom Brady did it again. Uh, one overtime against the uh, Chiefs, so that was uh, at least an entertaining game. Uh, I know the breakdown will be doing something special for the Super Bowl coming up, so keep your eyes peeled for that uh, on our Twitter and our website as well. So we will get more information on that as we get closer, but something to think about for our listeners out there. All right, so we can move on here to the next topic. Uh, Boogie Cousins is back on the floor, and he's playing for Golden State. Uh, we're gonna give our takeaways for the first game and thoughts on how that team's gonna look moving forward and how Boogie's gonna do as we head into the second half of this season. Um, Alex, why don't we start with you here? and Give your thoughts um, on Demarcus Cousins playing in Oakland. So I think
1: Boogie had a very solid first performance. I, from what I saw from him, I didn't watch the game live, but from what I saw from him, he was you know running the floor pretty well and contributed. Um, a solid stat line. Um, I think the, warrior, the Warriors are going to use him sparingly. I, I know he started, but his minutes will probably be pretty low through all-star break, probably into March, and then he'll pick it up, and he'll probably end up as a 15-15 and 15 type player by April and ready for the playoffs. But the Warriors, as a team, are back in first place, and they're poised to make a run um, and I don't see them looking back. So it's pretty much over for the Nuggets being the best team in the West.
0: All right. Uh, bit of a hot take there saying that Denver is done. Um, but, Stephen, I'll get your thoughts and then I'll, I'll,
2: I'll round out the topic with
0: mine. Uh, yeah, it's
2: pretty much the same thing as Alex, except his three-point shot looked a lot better than I thought it would have looked coming in. I know that was really one of like the only things he— could work on, but uh, pretty obvious just because nobody's going to be right just coming back. But he ran the four well a few times. I think his conditioning can obviously, there's still room for improvement there just because he hasn't played in an NBA game in a year and it takes a while to get back into game shape. Um, But if his conditioning does get back to where it needs to be with his jumper and the amount of spacing the Warriors already have, there's really not going to be any teams that are going to be able to handle him one-on-one in the low post or outside. He's like I know people thought Durant was just that extra weapon that the Warriors needed, but with DeMarcus Cousins, you don't have five guys on another team that are going to be able to consistently guard all five of those guys one-on-one. So I don't think Denver's out of it necessarily, like Alex pretty much said, but uh the Warriors just made it about five times harder for them to win the uh, win the conference.
0: It seems like you're uh, you're t- walking it back a little bit there, but you basically said they were dead. So I don't know, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I, my thoughts on Boogie Cousins is is kind of like everybody else. It's like finally there's a true super team. Five players that could or have been an all star are uh, starting together. But it doesn't mean they're unbeatable. Um I'm interested to see how DeMarcus Cousins' minutes, minutes restrictions uh increase and in how his uh conditioning works as he as he gets into it more. That's a lot of weight you're putting on a, a repaired Achilles, so he's definitely gotta take it easy. Uh but I think it, it obviously it helps him out a lot. He's a he's a big force down low, but I also wonder how he'll fit within the system as well. I you know, having a three-point shot helps him out a lot but they do run a lot of small ball basketball. Uh, they did it when they had Andrew Bogut and they had Zaza Pachulia. Not that those players are up to the same playing standards as DeMarcus Cousins, but they are large centers and they usually don't run the floor well uh, over long periods of time. Not to mention they didn't have three-point shots. So if DeMarcus Cousins can add some of those things to his game, I think that'll help this team out immensely. But otherwise, I think it might end up being actually a thing that hurts them if he plays a large period of minutes and they have to play a lot of half-court basketball, which they aren't typically used to. But, I mean, you can't makes them any worse at all. Uh, it helps them a lot. and And I agree with you, though, Alex. Like I've been saying, I think the Warriors are coming out of the West regardless, but I think Denver's time is definitely coming.
1: I want to jump in right here and clarify what I said. I didn't say the Nuggets are done. I'm saying as like a team, I'm saying that they're done being in first place in the Western Conference. They'll still be right there in the thick of it for the rest of the season, but the Warriors are just going to take this and, and run with it and not look back.
0: Yes. Uh, So if there's, I think that's about all we really need to mention about Boogie Cousins. Uh, Did either of you have anything else on that topic?
2: No, nothing else
0: here. All right. So next topic I want to bring up is about my guy, Kyrie Irving. And he has come out and apologized uh, vocally and like in front of the public, publicly, and that was what I was looking for, to uh, LeBron, called him up, let him know, apologized for the way he acted in Cleveland, let him know how he understands how hard it is to be a leader and – and like said, basically, I shouldn't have been, you know, immature. Uh I'll give my thoughts on this. Um, As I just said, he should be traded from the Celtics. Uh And I honestly think that this kind of makes him easier to trade. I, I feel like this is bringing a lot of attention on the Boston Celtics team that looking back on last season, they weren't like in. The media. There was no drama on that team. All you ever heard was just how well, the, how good of a coach Brad Stevens was. How he made all the pieces fit. Uh, but overall, I just think that he he's maturing. He's getting older. He is figuring it out. I do really, actually appreciate him coming out and saying that because he did kind of act fairly immature. I felt like on, on those last couple of years on that Cleveland team, Um, you can see him growing. He's only 26. So he's still learning things uh, out there and trying to be a leader. So maybe this helps. Maybe he is, you know, taking some mentorship from LeBron or from other veterans around the league. Um And maybe it will help the Boston team get better uh, as they stand. But overall, I, I, good For him, he's maturing. I don't know if he necessarily needed to come out and say it to the public, but uh, you know, at least he's 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 learning, and that's that's the most important thing. Steven, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I thought this was a really good move by Kyrie just being able to uh call up LeBron and admit to where like he felt like he was wrong in Cleveland, even if he didn't feel it at the time. You just just being able to understand that shows a lot of new maturity that could really help Boston cuz I still uh, I still like him on Boston even though you want him to be traded like they have a couple of veterans they got Al Horford, they got Gordon Hayward but I mean how long is Horford really going to be there so you're going to need another guy that can be a can be a real leader which is what I feel like Kyrie's growing into right now and uh it's just that he he really realized how much different it is to be the leader not like the young talented kid who thinks he's like the best and he should just have the ball all the time so i think being able to admit that he used to be that player but now he isn't could really help the celtics and just realizing that like like I, yeah i know we're all good but maybe we should uh maybe we should try to like find our own space here and just let let the game come to us and it could really uh, unlock a new level for the Celtics.
1: Alex, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I uh, pretty much am aligned with both of you guys. As far as Kyrie's apology is concerned, I think it was something that was a good idea by him. It wasn't necessary per se because I didn't really have a problem with how he behaved on his way out of Cleveland because he... Was just trying to take control of his own destiny and as we see in the NFL and other sports players players rights are kind of being trampled on and for a player to say hey I don't like it where I am so I'm going to be active about making a change now some of the some of the comments and some of the behaviors were ill-advised but he also did it behind closed doors first and it wasn't taken as seriously as it should have been. So the result of it was maybe a net negative for Kyrie as a whole. But I think it's a net positive for him to take control of the way he wants his career to go. And he ended up in a place where he can, you know, shine per se. It may not be the best fit for him as a player overall, but it is a fit that is that can work for him for the time being and this also is just a great learning opportunity as a whole for Kyrie because he can take those examples of what he shouldn't have done moving forward out of and what he shouldn't have done on his way out of Cleveland take those moving forward and the next time he wants to make a move he can do it in a in a better way that doesn't you know cause such negative uh publicity for himself
0: yeah i think it, it i agree with you uh, Alex, I think it was a step in the right direction and it's something that he needed to learn um, publicly or privately. It was something that he needed to figure out um, because it, it is an issue as you get into that superstar kind of f- field or, you know, list of people, especially when you're trying to run and lead a team, you can't always be the guy he was uh, the way he played. And he just needs to learn how to adjust his game and become you know more well-rounded as as a human being and a player and this is a step in the right direction. I agree. I think it I don't know if it was great, but I mean it was good. It helped him out a little bit. I think it showed his ability to learn and grow. So, overall, I think we all at least agree, I know, maybe I I came in with some hot takes on being traded, but overall, I think that's I think that's good. I think it, it maybe it'll
2: help the team going forward and maybe he'll learn more. So, we will see. All right. So, for my West contenders, I got Golden State Obviously, five All-Stars, I mean, they're going to be contending in the West for until that group decides to split up, more or less. And then also the Nuggets just being like probably maybe the deepest team in the West, maybe not the most talented at the top, but the most talent all the way through. And then a pretender in the top half of the conference, at least, is uh, Portland. They just, they don't match up. Like their best players are Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic. Um, if they have to play Denver, Jokic is better at center. And Jamal Murray and Gary Harris match up well. If they play Golden State, same thing. Nurkic worse than Cousins and McCollum Lillard probably worse than Thompson and Curry. So I it's I, I don't think they really have a chance. And then in the East, um, for contenders, Milwaukee, because Giannis, Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez, just a really good all-around team. And same thing as in the West, but Boston, probably deepest team with talent. They're going to be there at the end. I refuse to step off this take. I'm going to have Boston coming out of the East until the end of the season or until they lose, and that's pretty much it. Um, Pretenders in the East, uh, probably Philly. I mean, like, yeah, people think Jimmy Butler's a really good player, which he he is. He's a good player, but he ruins teams, and that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. Like, the 76ers are going to get down in a series. Uh Butler's gonna get mad. Embiid's gonna get mad. They're not gonna play well together. Philly's gonna go out earlier than people think. And then the bottom half of the conference, contenders, probably Houston with Harden and Paul and Capella once they come back. And then Utah. Um Utah's just uh Utah's playing some of the best basketball in the league right now, winners of six straight i uh, like they're finally starting to find their groove and they're injured right now too. So it's kind of like they get healthy uh, Mitchell and shoot. Who's their center again? Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Thank you. Um, Like if, as long as they keep playing well and they get healthy, they're going to be one of the lower seeds that could knock off one of the top teams. And then in the East, who knows, maybe, maybe Brooklyn. They're just starting to play better basketball. Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen, all really good pieces. They're starting to find it. They could be – I don't think they really match up with any of the top four teams. I think it's basically the top four and the rest in the East. But uh, if any team has a real chance of pulling off what people would call an upset, it's going to be Brooklyn.
0: All right. Yeah. I mean, solid takes. Uh, I will never agree with you on your Boston take. We've discussed it on Twitter and last week, I believe. Um, so I'll start in the East. Um, uh, my number one contender is Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, for every reason I will ever say, they are proving to be what looks like just a top to bottom great team. And, uh, they match up well against the Golden State Warriors, who I have as my contender, obviously in the West. I think they're coming out and will be in the NBA Finals again this year. Uh, so those are my two contenders. I think your pretender is the Boston Celtics. I like your Sixers pick, but until proven otherwise, Celtics look worse than last year. I don't know if they have it this year to, to really do it. So that's my pretender Um in the West. My pretender is I don't really have one. I don't like Portland. I think I don't think they have a chance to win it all. Um I think when you look the talent, I think it's it's Denver versus Golden State in that division. Um But I like your um pick for the Nets to make some noise, especially because the Sixers, I think, are going to start uh, a downhill trend soon, as you discussed. So I like that pick a lot as well. Uh, otherwise, yeah, the East is kind of everywhere and the talent drops off pretty fast. Um as you can see one notable mention I will like to make in the Western Conference is the Sacramento Kings. Um I think they have a chance if they can get on a run the second half of the season to make some noise potentially in the playoffs. Uh not that they're going to contend for the finals, but I think that uh they're a team to keep an eye on uh, if they can make m- Mosey their way into a lo- uh, a high seed
1: in the playoffs. Uh all right, so Alex we'll get your thoughts here quick. What you got? All right, so I kind of broke it down um between one through four seeds and the six through 10 seeds contenders and pretenders just go through them pretty quickly. So the one through four in the West that are contenders are the, obviously the warriors and the nuggets and the pretenders are the thunder and the trailblazers. I don't believe in either of those teams. Um, in the East I have the Raptors is the only real contenders in the one through four. And the pretenders are the other three teams in the top. Bucks, Pacers, and 76ers I know that's a hot take for you Andrew that the Bucks Are pretenders but I just don't think that they're Ready just yet Um, In the bottom Half of the West 6 through 10 Contenders to make it into the playoffs Are the Spurs Um, And the pretenders are the Jazz Clips and Lakers I don't think Any of those teams are really ready to make a Playoff run I know the Jazz did it before But I don't feel Confident in this team just yet And in the East, 6 through 10, I don't have any of them as real contenders. And pretty much they're all pretenders down there. The East is just a dumpster fire. And uh, that's all I have on that.
0: Haters gonna hate. I cannot wait to prove you wrong as we record this and we head into the playoffs. And the Milwaukee Bucks are just steamrolling teams. Giannis ain't
1: losing. Come on, man. Get with it. I mean... It's fair. I mean, the Bucks are good, um, but I don't right. think they're ready. That's all I have to say.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I, there's some validity to that, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. So, last couple things we round out this podcast. Uh, let's do our weekly top five. Um, so, who we think the top five teams in the NBA are. Uh, Steven, I'll drop it down to you. Get your
2: top five. Uh, my top five for this week Golden State's number one, Milwaukee's number two, Austin's number three, Denver's number four, and I'm putting Utah in as number five, as just clearly the top five teams of this week. All
1: right. All right. Alex, what do you got? So for my top five this week, I have the Warriors, Nuggets, Raptors, Bucks, Celtics. Okay.
0: I have, uh, Warriors statement win this week. Uh Bucks playing great basketball. And then Denver. Uh Boston. Eat the Raptors. <laughs> and then uh I'm gonna go Kings this week. Um uh, not like a hot take as like they're the fifth best team in the basketball, but I think they're a team that's gonna be on the rise and something to keep an eye on. So for this week, I'm throwing Kings is my fifth. Uh All right. I think this was a great, another great episode of The Breakdown. Uh, one more time, guys. If you make any sports bets, get on mybookie.ag, put in the code, sign up for it, put in the code BRKDWN. Get some free money, people. That's literally what we're doing for you. We're giving you a 50% bonus when you deposit a minimum of $100. (laughs) So if you deposit $100. That's $50 free for you to go ahead and run, have some fun with, make some bets, and turn into more money because that is our goal. And if you want, you should follow our picks. Uh, I know we cashed in today on some NFL betting, uh, and it was a good day for the breakdown sports. Uh, check out the website, uh, www.thebrkdwnsports.com. Follow us on Twitter at thebrkdwnsports uh, for all good content coming through. Check out my article. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jakubitz, at J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z. Follow me. I'd love to have some good conversations with all NBA fans out there. Uh, And then Alex and Steven, give your guys' plugs. Where can the people find you on the internet?
1: Well, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at A-L-X-S-N-O-R-T-O-N. That is Alex Norton without the E. A-L-X-S-N-O-R-T-O-N.
2: All right, and I'm on Twitter at BRKDWN and then Steven. Pretty simple name, but I'll spell it out just in case. It's S T E V E N. So, altogether, that's BRKDWN S T E V E N. Um, I'm going to be out here with more of the uh, college basketball than what you're hearing right now on the NBA podcast, but. I think it's some good content, and if you follow me, you'll know what's going to happen in the NBA, not just now, but in a couple years with all these new players as well.
0: Yep, great content coming up from Steven. Uh, And then, as always, whatever you're listening to this on, you know, iTunes, Spotify, please subscribe to us, download, leave us a review, let us know what you think. Uh, and then, like I said, follow us all on Twitter. Uh, we always love having great discussions with people, especially if you don't agree. Um, and then don't forget to get Alex some deli ones for Christmas. Um, we'll get your shoe, we'll get his shoe size on Twitter. Uh, so anybody can get it, what he needs.
1: <laughs> we appreciate you listening. Uh, and we'll hear, we'll talk to you guys next week. Cheers.